Let's start this off right. Team exclusive investigation involving a real estate deal and one of the most recognizable voices in radio. Investors in a real estate venture say they were swindled out of millions of dollars. And they argue syndicated radio rapper Rashawn Casey, better known as DJ Envy from the show The Breakfast Club, promoted these deals. Investigative reporter Sarah Wallace talked to the alleged victims and has the response to those mounting accusations you're about to hear for the first time. We've helped so many people, not just regular people, but celebrities, athletes, executives. That's DJ Envy on his syndicated iHeartRadio show, The Breakfast Club. He's often promoted the real estate venture of his pal, Cesar Pina. You might know him on Instagram as Flippin' NJ. But it's more than just a passing endorsement. You could partner with us on some deals. Make some money with us. Envy and Caesar have teamed up for seminars, including one at the Jacob Javits Convention Center, pitching opportunities to flip properties, often in distressed areas of New Jersey. We invested $200,000 and looks like we're never going to get it back. Jose Santiago and his wife Jessica Ortiz say they believed investing in this neighborhood of Patterson would be their ticket to the American dream. That's the reason why I got into real estate, so we can actually start flipping properties, buying properties, so we can have something for our kids in the future. The couple says they connected with entrepreneur Caesar after seeing him on Social media. Now remember, as I call him DJ Shrimp, this nigga was running around talking slick about gunplay, having to go fund me when he had some issue going on with his kids or whatever. This nigga's going around ripping folks off. And you take a look at the people he's hanging with. These look like other Latinos and Dominicans. Now, while he sits there and he talks slick to black folk, this nigga's out here scamming. This nigga's out here scamming. Owns a custom auto wrap shop in Lodi who says he worked on Envy's cars for years and believed his pitch. He did get back a return on an initial investment with Caesar, but maintains a second investment on this Patterson property went south. If it wasn't for DJ Envy, I would have never invested into Caesar. I lost a total of $64,000. After receiving two bounce checks, Rio says he got a Latino after Latino. Now one of the guys looks like they got they got him. It looks like they got him. It looks it looks like they had arrested him. He looks like one of the people that got arrested. Now that's that's an envy problem. Now it looks like he he's dealing with a lot of these Latins and stuff like that. He probably was telling niggas, man, I'm not gonna really do a bunch of business with you, this, that, and the third. If you look at the people that he ripped off, those are his folks. <coughs> you gotta hold that L. We're not and we're not gonna let them say, well, <coughs> oh, you black men. No, no, no. You Dominicans gonna have to hold that. Oh, Black Lives Matter. You black men, you black men are scamming. No, no, no. Mm -mm. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have that at all. 
you take you and your scamming immigrants and y'all hold that scamming shout out to Atlanta Andre Dickens knows all about the pressures on New York City from this migration, and he wants to make sure nothing like that happens here. Oh, it's definitely going to happen here. Did you hear that? He said, nothing like that. They don't want that to happen here. Are you crazy? That's exactly what's going to happen. Now, black folks can't get no reparations. Black folks can't get no grants. We can't get no loans. What were those sisters' names uh, down there in Atlanta? I think Rudy from the Cosby Show. What's the sister's real name? She, the Fearless Fund. You had some rep Republicans, some Republican race soldiers out there trying to say, well, you can't use race. But, you, but listen to this. You can't use race. You can't have no... You can't use something where you can say specifically black people can get some money. From the fearless fund down there with them sisters where they use the people of color thing man eh, you know how i feel about that but they had something for black women and non-black women um to be able to get benefits for grants but listen to this right here when the numbers run high the influx of migrants shown on your tv screens it was a Texas governor frustrated with the Democratic administration in Washington who was first to try to change the equation and send thousands to northern cities. In New York, one of the landing spots, the bills and the population are piling up. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. I reject that. This nigga was the one that wanted all these 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 illegals up there to use language that this will destroy the fabric of america america was built uh, upon uh oh immigrant labor uh oh councilwoman keisha waits and her oh listen to this america. negro who is this negro immigrant labor atlanta councilwoman keisha waits and her colleagues oh this is a bootleg bootleg you heard what she said <laughs> built uh, and we said this will destroy the fabric of America. America will destroy New York City. I reject that notion to use language that this will destroy the fabric of America. America was built uh, upon immigrant labor. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was not built on immigrant labor. It was built on the descendants of slaves. What's up with these Negroes using that term? It wasn't built on immigrant labor. Y'all showed up after we did all the work. These niggas is crazy. Listen to this broad. Let, let me look her up. Built uh, <laughs> fabric of America. America was built uh, upon immigrant labor. No, it was not. Who is this woman? Where is her people from? Wait a minute. 
What's up with my damn internet here? Where's her people from? Uh, upon immigrant labor. And we said this will destroy the- Keisha Waits, okay. <laughs> Let me look her up real quick. My, my Negro Spidey sense went on real quick with that. We haven't even got into it where I can analyze it and break it down. Let me find out where this person is from. Keisha Sean Waits, Atlanta City Council. Who is this Negro? <laughs> Who is this Negro here? A native of Atlanta? Mm. Sponsoring, championing, ban the box legislative to support families. Uh, let me see. Blah blah blah. Let me let, let me find out some more about this person. Who is this Negro? Democrat, of course. Oh. She completed Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government program for senior executives in state and local government as a Don or as a David Bonet LGBTQ Victory Institute Leadership Fellow. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Now I know why she's talking like that. All right. Oh, yep. She's openly LGBT. Yeah, so she's not. She's like, hey, I'm not a Negro. I'm something else. There we go. See, they get Negroes like this to come out here. And they start caping for everybody else. So they start talking they start talking like the white supremacist talks. This makes perfect sense. See, my spidey sense just don't be going off. I'm just not a babbling plebiscite, babbling Negro. They just, yeah, there's a reason. I said, wait a minute. Why did she say that? Why did she say that? Let me see what else she, she be saying. Cause now I get it. I get it now. When you start to have hearing niggas talk like that, where's her people from? I'm not finding out too much information. Where's her people from? Let, let me go on and look on the gram. We got to oust Negroes like this. We got to call niggas like this out. Because when they start talking like that, she knows damn well immigrants didn't build this nation. My my great 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 grandparents built this nation. They weren't no damn immigrants. They didn't crawl over the border. They were originally stolen from their motherland and, and, and re-engineered into a new nigga. They didn't run. They didn't flee. They didn't immigrate. They didn't come over here and start making complaints about what they ain't getting. Oh, I came over here for the American dream. We are the American dream. The black American freeman is the American dream. We we create the American dream. We gonna get into that in a minute. Let's continue. Uh, upon immigrant labor, 
Atlanta Councilwoman Keisha Waits and her colleagues supported Mayor Andre Dickens' initiative to fund at nearly $7 million a program to shelter migrants who make it to... Oh, there you go. So these buck-broken LGBT Negroes, hey, that $7 million wasn't enough for the descendants of the slaves down there. You got a bunch of black folks down there left and right this homeless. That wasn't enough for us. Atlanta. I spent several years serving with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. I stand behind this mayor uh, in terms of the decision to put this funding forward. At the end of the day, uh, these are families. These are human beings. The Atlanta cash secured with a federal grant will go to a half dozen organizations who will feed the individuals, put them in hotels and meet other needs. You heard what they said. They didn't say a federal apology. They didn't say a fried chicken sandwich from Popeye's. They didn't say a promise. They didn't say, oh, well, you know, you Negroes need to go to church. No, they, they put dollars, cash payments going to these institutions the decided to elevate some of the migrants who crossed over and give them a limited status work permits you allow people to then you know they're seeking gainful employment gainful employment work permits cash man this is giving me the heebie-jeebies y'all got all kinds of benefits as dr claude anderson said unearned benefits man deported your man let me see if i can't i may have to pause this for a minute i may have to pause this for a minute let me i'm gonna keep going this is hard i may have to play some dr claude on this sort of part of he warned us economy in the united states and in the state of georgia at this point but it doesn't bestow on you citizen yourship rights right you you can't vote no, that's so, the next thing. They just gave them driver like driver's licenses uh up here in Minnesota. Talking about, oh, you can't vote. It's not messing with your citizenship rights. Get out of here. These folks is out their damn mind. Let me play this real quick. This is in Chicago. Oh, come on. Let me see. Let me wait a minute. Here we go. Welcome back. We are learning much more about the migrant crisis right here in Chicago. I spoke with Christina Passioni Zayas, the city's first deputy chief of staff. She gave me insight on how the crisis is impacting the city and the state financially. Already this week, 41 buses have rolled into Chicago, and that means 41 buses, y'all. 41 buses. There are now 11,000 migrants living in shelters. 4,000 are still sleeping on police station floors and staying at the airport. Now, this is really startling. 30% of migrants here in Chicago are children. Majority of them are attending Chicago public schools. Right now, the state is footing the bill for what they call temporary housing. Now I, okay, now, <clears throat> y'all know my policy on kids. The kids, they're children. But what about the black kids? all them all them schools that was broke all them schools man that oh we need some new music all those schools that they closed down talking about what they can't do and what they can't get and and, and all of this stuff carrying on remember remember when they told they told a bunch of black folks what they can't what they can't get 
They told a bunch of black folks what they can't get. They tell us what we can't get. Apartments and homes that are rented out for migrants. The state is wow. paying on the high end $9,000 in rental assistance over a six month period of time. With that comes help moving in and a starter kit to furnish the apartment. Wait. That rent lasts for six months and ideally people would have um, started their legal process, secured legal work authorization. And Wait a minute. So they started their legal process. Oh, let, so let me put this. The, the, Hold on. They started the legal process. Now the other person tried to say, oh, well, they're not going to be able to vote. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Dr. Claude Anderson has told these Biden butt-kissing Democrat nut-sucking scrotum gargling Negroes for over 40 damn years about this shit. And now it's coming to pass. To sustain that apartment. And so the the cost or I guess the the payment towards the landlord is based on market rates. You heard she 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 said, "Oh, the the, the cost, oh, the payment Payments, cash payments, they're getting money. Great. It's based on the configuration of the apartment, how many rooms, where it's located, all of those things. And so it, it kind of varies from- It varies, man, quick, this is Caparrera. This is Caparrera martial arts at its finest. This is black belt Caparrera martial arts at its finest. These type of Jedi mind tricks they're playing, man, these folks gonna be loading up all in one, consolidating, putting their cash together as they should. I'd be doing the same damn thing. They gonna be consolidating, putting all their cash together. And then when black folks say, all right, what are we gonna get for our vote? They gonna say, well, you could get a fried chicken sandwich. You could get a, 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 a lace front wig and a weave. You could get a vax that thing up by Manny Fresh and Juvenile, but you can't get no reparations or no tangibles. You can't get nothing. The budget is janky. That goes to Ukraine. This money goes to Israel. This goes to a bunch of motherfuckers that don't need it. That's where it goes. We ran out of time, but I did reach out to the city to see how many asylum seekers are currently taking advantage of the rental assistance program. We haven't heard back from the city on that. The city put $4 million towards helping migrants get temporary housing. The state added $38 million to that. And right now, there are only 32. What about the brother down there? What's his name? Tyrone Muhammad or what, what, what's that brother's name, man? That was that's down there, you know, trying to. Why can't why couldn't he get the bread? Why couldn't that nigga get the money? What's the brother's name down there in Chicago to be doing all the, you know what I'm saying? And see, while this is happening. Look. While this is happening, and see, they keep asking us, hey, black folks, you need to get behind this whole uh, Palestine-Israel thing. I had a homie I talked to, and he was telling me, he said, well, you know, they're protesting in Minneapolis and this, that, and the third. And I said, look, bro, and I said, I get it. One of my Somali homies called me up and said, man, you know, they're getting ready to have the, you know, the thing, and, you know, they want to get black folks behind. I said, look, bro. When the smoke clears, if Palestine gets liberation or whatever the hell happens, these folks is not going to stand behind us about us getting our reparations. Matter of fact, I'm looking at an article here. After decades of struggle in Israel, 
dozens of African Hebrew Israelites forced deep, uh, face deportation. For two years, this is in Demona, Israel. Tovit Israel and dozens of other residents of the village of peace have lived in fear. Demoni, Demona, a city on the edge of the nation of Israel's Negev desert, has been her home for 24 years. Her eight children were born here and know no other country. Now, she and 130 other undocumented members of the African Hebrew Israelites of Jerusalem face deportation. Receiving the order to leave two years ago, decline, I don't want to start my morning, no. Receiving the order to two years ago was a moment of disbelief for Israel, 53. I feel like the government has been merciless to me and my children. The Hebrew Israelites, as the spiritual community's members are commonly known, first made their way to Israel from the U.S. in the 60s. While members do not consider themselves Jewish, they claim an ancestral connection to Israel. Around 3,000 Hebrew Israelites live in remote, hard struggle towns in southern Israel, the village of peace, a cluster of low-slung buildings surrounded by vegetable patches and immaculate gardens in Demona is the community's epicenter. These is black folks. You call yourself whatever the hell you want, says some fringe on the black Hebrew groups in the U.S., extremists and anti-Semitic views according to the ADL, Southern Poverty Law. The Hebrew Israelites believe they are descendants of the biblical tribes of Israel who after the Roman conquest in 70 AD fled down the, the Nile and west into the African interior and were ultimately taken as slaves to North American centuries above. These are black folks. Regardless of whatever they believe, these are black people. They're not doing this to, to the white people of Israel. So, so what I'm saying is Palestine, what's y'all's take on this? Y'all been knowing how these niggas been treated over there. That's my whole point. Like my homie sent me something the other day where, you know, some guy in Palestine said, we're all George Floyd. We're all this. No, no, no. We not going to play that. We not going to be the sacrificial Negro lambs for everybody else. What's happening over there is very unfortunate. See, there's a very specific reason why, why people around the world there's people around the world that come to the outreach of the descendants of slaves. We some, I, I hate to be fucking brash and I, I hate to be egotistical, but we some special revolutionary kind of motherfuckers here on this soil. That ain't for up to debate. We're looked at around the world as some special type of motherfuckers. That's why people want us to speak on shit because when we start, when we move, our spirit, we have that Tubman spirit. When we move and get shit going, the world listens. When they look at a revolution, when they look at a revolutionary, you can't name other people from anywhere else in the United States of America, nigga. The black American Freeman, you can't name no other niggas like us. It's not that we're better than anybody else, but, but damn it, we're different. Kings, Medgar Evers, Ida B. Wells. Man, I could go naming, naming, naming from music to culture to the turn up to the revolution. John Horse. You know what I'm saying? Turn Nat Turner. Like, I mean, back to back to back to back. We could go on for months and months and months. Back to back niggas from the soil that's known worldwide for laying the boots down on, on, on the system of racism and white supremacy. We are the main ones. You got some other ones. I don't know who they is. Y'all know our names. We don't know y'all's names. 
Now we You know we understand The Desilines And Holly Selassie and, You know what I'm saying We we got some other names But damn it Here in America Nigga we got names We, we got Nigga we got names from, from culture To music To style To inventions To shit Nigga we got Back to back wins Back to back names And we're acknowledging That right now We're saying Okay you know what Let's focus on Let's focus on The American nigga Right here we're not going to be the sacrificial lambs for everybody else. And then when it comes time to us getting what we need, we can't get it. Niggas want to get us a Popeye's fucking chicken sandwich and a jab and basically say, vax that thing up. Hey, go listen to some sexy red Hellcats. Got to get your Hellcat. They want to give a nigga a Hellcat and a chicken sandwich and be done. No, 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 no. Y'all going to have to fight your own wars and you're going to have to fight your own battles. And there's going to have to be some true alliance before we before we start getting behind y'all. I told my homie flat out. I ain't got nothing against the Palestine folks. Yeah, they probably try to strip them of their land or whatever. I said, listen, man, that's their battle. Because. When Mike Brown was killed, I don't hear nobody talking about Sandra Bland. In Israel or Palestine. That's my take. These black folks out here in Israel. Says. They will remain illegal aliens. Some of them stateless. After renouncing their American citizenship. In the early 1990s. When they've been receiving temporary Israeli. Uh, residency. Oh listen to this. A turning point came in 2002 after a Palestinian gunman kid killed six people at a bar mitzvah party, including a 32-year-old Hebrew Israelite singer who had been performing. In response, Israel started granting the community members permanent residency. In 2015, about 130 of them, without documentation, submitted requests for residency, claiming that authorities had reneged on earlier promises to legalize their status. See, when you're a black person, you ain't getting, you ain't able to get show up on somebody's property and get 15,000 here and 15,000 there and then turn around and tell somebody, well, hey, this ain't the American dream. You, you don't get to get show up and make a bunch of demands and barge your way into a work permit and barge your way into a driver's license and barge your way into all types of tangibles and unearned benefits. See, over here, this is, this right here is concrete proof. See, y'all probably thought I was going to shy away from this. Israel and Palestine ain't said nothing about this. The black, the Hebrew Israelite brothers that are facing deportation. Y'all ain't said nothing about this. But you want the foundational black Americans, the black American freemen, the descendants of the slaves. You want us to get behind all these damn boys. Hell no. Hell no. Absolutely not. No. I'm not interested. Not interested at all. Not interested at all. Not one damn bit. Not one damn bit. We're not interested. I don't want to hear it.
That's my take. Speaking of which, more house cleaning. This is some interesting information. To some degree, there was a, a difference between African Americans and Haitians, Jamaicans, and, and things like that, right? Yeah. If you look at today in Miami, Haitians are the new African Americans. The biggest gang in the federal uh, prison and in um, state prison right now in Florida is the Haitian Haitians. Mafia. Yeah. Interesting. It's the Haitian Mafia. Because we didn't study black American history, because we didn't see the traps that they went through. Now you go on the corner, you're gonna see a Haitian dude our age homeless yep. on drugs. Fucked up because we didn't we came here not knowing, knowing what, they what this through. system yeah, would do them. to black people. Right, right. We lost little Haiti. You get what I'm saying? Completely. So so any black person from Jamaica, Haiti, Ghana, to be genuine, you have to study black American history because they got the longest fight with this cracker. And you gotta see how this Bam. what they did to them, they waiting to do it to us. They waiting to do with us. So our parents didn't know that. They came here with the, with the idea that I'm here for a better life. Better life yeah. You know, we were growing up to some degree. There was a, a difference between African Americans and Haitians, Jamaicans, and, and things like that, right? Yeah. If you look at today in Miami, Haitians are the new African Americans. The biggest gang in the federal uh, prison and in um, state prison right now in Florida is the Haitian Haitians. Mafia. Yep. That ain't me talking. Had to rewind it twice. That ain't me talking, nigga. See, this whole idea that, oh, I'm I'm black and I'm something else. Okay, yeah, yeah, th that ain't gonna work out for you. See, that coon that I played for earlier, once I start kind of digging in her bones a little bit, I see why she said, well, yeah, America was founded by immigrants. It was built up by immigrants. Didn't mention black one time. I said, oh, there we go. I see now, I knew something wasn't right. See, this, this is this is what we was doing. I gotta harp on this every time because shit's getting out of control. They wanna try to take the American nigga out the equation like he didn't change the fucking world. No, this is what we was doing. Other things that are left behind that as many as 30 may have been involved in this altercation. Fair use. As soon as he drove off those Germans. The French awarded him with the Croix de Guerre, a great honor. Unfortunately, it took about 75 years for the US government to give him the Legion of Merit. Had he been white, he would have walked out of that war with the Medal of Honor. Fair use, YouTube, or History Channel, fair use. What was so shocking to me when I began to research the story of the Hellfighters was that after they had performed so magnificently in combat, the United States government actually sent a memorandum to the French government, essentially implementing Jim Crow. See? Essentially saying, don't give them some notion that they are equals. Yeah, they called, they, the United States government went out of their way. That's why I'm telling you, man, we different. Damn it, we're different. Our folks here set cornerstone, groundbreaking work for the rest of the damn world to enjoy somebody coming over here that's why when folks come over here don't you say anything about us don't you say nothing because your folks didn't pave the way for this your folks didn't, didn't didn't put in this kind of work like the harlem hellfighters and that's just that's just a piece of it y'all came over here got comfortable because you fled your homeland Based on shit that niggas like this did. And that's the bottom line. The United States, they basically was like, hey, man, 
you Negroes, anywhere we send y'all, y'all can't be treated fairly. We can't treat you fairly. We got to uphold white supremacy at all times. Because we don't want them taking that notion back to the United States and demanding equality. When he come back to the United States, he's not awarded the Purple Heart. There's no notation in his military record of his injury. And so he winds up not being able to work because of this injury. He doesn't get any kind of assistance from the, from the army or from the government as a result. See? And he ends up dying in 1929 penniless. So it again shows the paradox. Here's this great story of valor and of courage on the part of the soldier. And ultimately, he comes back to a nation that doesn't honor that sacrifice. We tend to think we all know American history so well that the story of the Harlem Hellfighters should be one of the first stories told. It wasn't about killing other people. It was about being Americans and serving their country well. That was the inclination of the Harlem Hellfighters. When you are African-American in 1917, democracy is armor. Democracy is a weapon. And, and look, in 1917, hmm, interesting. What happened a few years, I believe that was earlier. Foundational blacks went out of their way, didn't have to, to make sure the other folks were here able to immigrate. We were not immigrants. We didn't immigrate here. We didn't flee from our homeland. We didn't flee. We didn't flee from the United States. We stayed and we fought. We didn't hide under, we went to, these brothers went to war and didn't reap any of the benefits that they should have received. Damn near might as well say they won the fucking war. And to fight for a war to make the world safe for democracy was something more than just some ethereal crusade for the Hellfighters. It had concrete results. They were fighting for the rights to be a citizen of the country that they were born in. So again, the Dred Scott rule, call, I gotta call it Wisconsin territory, Minnesota. I said, we ain't in the Jim Crow fake, Jim Crow North, to hell with that. I done updated the lexicon, Dred Scott North. These brothers were trying to be citizens. This is well after slavery, y'all. That's why I won't stand to hear nobody say nothing slick about our folks. You haven't put in the work and you haven't put in the tenure. You don't have the right to flee your country and flee your homeland, wherever that is, and say anything. You have no, you have no, you have no room to criticize anything our folks did. None. You have to sit back and be quiet. Well, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. No, no, you don't. You don't have no opinion on that matter. You fled from wherever you're from, so you don't get to form an opinion. You sure don't. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Had to do a little bit of house cleaning. Now, this was an article right here that I wanted to talk about real quick. 
The weaponization of medicine. Police use of ketamine draws scrutiny after Elijah McClain's death. Now, in Colorado, there was a brother that was murdered and ambushed by race soldiers. He was walking home, I believe, from work or somewhere, and they just basically just attacked him. And you've been hearing more and more reports about race soldiers using ketamine. Now, they're not doctors. They're not lawyers. They're not paramedics. They don't have any medical training in that measure. But this ketamine is being used more often on black folks. And that's probably like the new, that's probably like the new gun. The new gun is using ketamine. Okay. Now, 2019, in the summer of 2019, in Aurora, Colorado, my homie to be on here sometimes broke it down about Aurora, Colorado. But he was stopped in the summer of 2019 by Aurora race soldiers. I think a few of them just recently got arrested. They were making fun of uh, when he died. They were making fun of him and like reenacting the murder and, and stuff like that. So, um, Basically, they uh, put him in a chokehold. He was vomiting. Um, he was pleading for breath. Paramedics came and they injected him with ketamine, a powerful sedative. He went limp, went into cardiac arrest. Um, the three officers and the two paramedics have since been charged with criminally ne ne negligent homicide. And then the family of McLean was recently awarded $15 million in a civil lawsuit against the city of Aurora. Um, the second largest of its kind, just behind the one awarded to George Floyd's family. Okay. Now this article here that I'm reading is from the guardian. McLean's death magnified with the American reckoning with racism and police brutality. Let me correct them reckoning with racism, white supremacy and police brutality, but it also sparked a national debate about the use of ketamine, a medical anesthetic popular drug, a popular club drug and a psychotherapy tool in law enforcement situations leading to its ban in the state of Colorado and possibly across the nation. What we're now this is going to be chilling what I'm getting ready to read here. Cause I haven't read this article just yet. Now this is the lawyer that was representing McLean's family quote. What we're talking about is the weaponization of medicine. It might as well be a taser or a gun. Now, what did I just say? The ketamine is equivalent to a gun. I haven't read this article yet. I sent it to myself for an email, but I haven't combed through this yet. How did I know that? Simple logic. Newman says McLean was exhibiting none of the signs of excited delirium syndrome, a controversial diagnosis that legally warrants a ketamine injection and that police officers erroneously employed cold words. Like he had superhuman strength that she says, see, that's that black bestial. That's that, that burly black. Uh, Oh, he, he, oh, he's big, black and strong. He's oh, He's, he's, he's like the guy from the green mile. Oh, he was so big and black. See that that's that when they say seep superhuman strength, they use, they said this was an attempt to influence paramedics to give him the injection and justify their own use of excessive force. Because look, if you give someone ketamine, if it's, if this is something that you can inject into somebody and it could weaken them and make them fall asleep, then you can, 
you can really put the works on them. Police are not legally allowed to administer ketamine. Paramedics can, but only if a patient is exhibiting symptoms of excited delirium. The controversy surrounding this diagnosis, characterized by aggressive behavior, superhuman strength, and hypothermia, come in parts from its emergence during the war on drugs in the 1980s and is applied disproportionately in the post mortem of black men killed by police. So what this is, this sounds like really, this literally sounds like if you think about the book by Miss Washington by medical apartheid, this is really demonically creepy here because they said from the eighties war on drugs, which means war on black folk. So they could use all these little babblish words to say that, well, this person had superhuman strong. Oh, he was so big and black. Oh, he was like Black Panther. He's so strong. To murder you. The condition is not recognized by the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders or the American Medical Association. So how were they able to even use that word? You black, you Biden butt kissing ass niggas, man. How the reason why I get on y'all so bad is we need a we need a we need an anti-black racism crime bill, and you Democrat nut sucking ass niggas. I don't really care who you vote for, but you nut sucking ass niggas, man. This you're part of the reason why we're in this position. Because while we're talking about, hey man, we need our tangibles, we need reparations, we need an anti-black racism crime bill. Y'all up here talking about, we got to get Donald out or he going, you see what I'm saying? Now we're in this position. A report from the public radio station KUNC revealed that in the past 2.5 years, Colorado medics injected, now hold on, we need some music, damn it. Let's make this creepy, nigga. In the past 2.5 years, Colorado medics injected nine 102 people for excited delirium leading to serious complications in 17% of its cases. The American Society of Anesthesiologists recently stated it firmly opposes the use of ketamine or any other sedative hypnotic agent to chemically incapacitate, incapacitate someone for a law enforcement purpose and not for a legitimate medical reason. So these race soldiers was going around, hey man, inject that nigga with some ketamine. A Minnesota medic, remember there was a case that I reported a couple years back about ketamine. A Minnesota medic filed a whistleblower lawsuit last year claiming police had pressured him to inject someone with ketamine during an arrest adding that such acts are not uncommon. In Minneapolis, ketamine use grew from an average of four law enforcement incidents a year to 62 from 2015 to 2017. I wonder what the race were when it comes to those numbers here in Minneapolis. I'm just curious. After the death of McLean and a similar incident involving Aurora police, the state of Colorado passed legislation last June banning the use of ketamine for excited, excited delirium and clarifying the police should never influence. And then see, again, you're banning it. But the problem is this. If they ain't getting no time, that don't mean nothing. 
a law is only enforced and see that's why we need an anti-black racism crime bill we can enforce that right here emergency medical services association of colorado president scott Scholes says that when used to protocol ketamine is the safest alternative to violence or other sedatives available to paramedics and removing it from their toolbox puts them at a serious loss man it says i can tell you horror stories about physically restraining people for hours back in the day for the first 10 years of my career it was strapping people to backboards sometimes flipping the board over and sitting on it in order to control people and eventually we got some medication we could use but they could just say hey you could be choking a nigga out right you could choke somebody out you could be saying oh because that's the first thing they say don't resist don't resist don't resist and they could really be harming you so naturally you're not gonna stay still that's just human nature oh he has superhuman oh look at this big burly black oh he's so black and strong oh give him some ketamine you see what i'm saying they could say something like that in the 80s and 90s illicit use of ketamine they called a special k was popularized by the rave scene of new york city's club kids who took it for its euphoric hallucinogenic properties in recent years it has shown remarkably promising results in the treatment of mental health disorders spawning an industry of ketamine clinics around the u.s man jeez I tell you, man, these Biden butt kissing ass niggas. We're going to go through this. We're going to go through. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me play this again. Nothing could be further from the truth. Slavery didn't destroy the black family. Do you know that we were still getting married through slavery? Mm -hmm. Jumping a broom in secret, mm -hmm. even under punishment of death. We were married during Reconstruction. We were married during civil rights. When do you begin to see the rise of the single parented black female? The household? 70s. 1970. After they killed Dr. King, the United States government said we must neutralize the black power base. And they determined that the black power base was the black family. It was independent black skilled men and women who financed King, financed Mr. Garvey, financed Mr. Muhammad, financed SNCC and CORE, the Freedom Riders in the sit-in movement. So they said, if we want to crush the black struggle, we got to crush the black family. So guess what they did in 1970? King dies in 68. In 1970, they came into the black communities and de-industrialized our city centers. In 1970, they started shutting down the factories. Remember... Up until the 50s and 60s, you didn't need a college degree to get a decent job. Many of us got grandparents who worked in factories their whole life and lived better lives than we're living now with two and three degrees. They could work in their same neighborhood and everybody worked for the factory. Good retirement, pension, benefits, medical. They started shutting down the factories in 1970 and then they went into the high schools and did what? 
started deindustrializing the inner city high schools. Up until 1970, you could graduate from almost any school in New York certified as a plumber, certified as an electrician, certified as a carpenter. Nothing could be further from. Yeah, and see, that's why I say going back to Envy, uh, DJ Shrimp. Going back to DJ Shrimp, you know, they'll have people like Umar on there. They'll be trying to act like they're playing devil's advocate. We ain't hating on DJ Shrimp. There's a reason why Killer Mike said, yeah, that little light skin shit. I know what that nigga was talking about. But speaking of this insanity, this is this is hilarious. Some approach it with trademark Irish humor. I'm all in favor of same-sex marriage. Doesn't mean having the same sex with a wife for the last 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Some approach it with trademark Irish humor. I'm all in favor of same-sex marriage. Doesn't mean having the same sex with a wife for the last 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, some dude from Ireland, you know what I'm saying? They were they were asking him about same sex marriage and he says, Yeah, you know, I've been having same sex with my wife for the last thirty years. <laughs> oh shit. Oh jeez, man. That was funny. That was funny. Oh, shout, shout out to this brother here. This might be interesting, but nigga, don't change my old school. Very first African-American automaker has inspired an Atlanta car maker to bring the black community into the EV revolution. Derek Bailey has gasoline-powered vehicles he converted to electric. Our retrofit is to show that we can use our technology to actually bring everyone into the EV revolution by allowing you to bring an old car in on Monday. And next Monday, you pick up an electric car. He's also preparing to launch production of a new EV that'll be equipped with a special generator that'll charge the car's battery, eliminating the need for a charging station. The very first African-American automaker has... In Come on, man. Let me check this brother out. Let me look at his website real quick. Derek Bailey, okay. Automotive. Where where's his website? Is it Derek Automotive? DerekAutomotive.com? I think this is it. Oh, uh, let's see here. Team. Let me look at team. All right. Derek W. Bailey. No, this is this is this is crazy, man. Okay, oh they got all right. See, and that's another thing I like to look at. Whenever you're looking at somebody's website, you know how you can kind of tell if this company is is doing something or it's on the up and up. Sometimes, not all the time. Look at their IT jobs. Look at the tech jobs. Says they're, they're seeking a product designer, retail product designer, senior analyst. Look at the IT jobs. Okay, Derek Automotive. Let's, let's see what the impact is. Snapshot of how the electric grid works. Okay, so they show a plant. 12 kV step up transformer, high voltage transmission lines. I've been hearing about them high voltage transmission lines. That they ain't the best to live by due to radiation or something. I don't know, but then it shows another step down transformer substation and then the regular little power lines. Okay. 
15 to 40% energy waste. The electric grid wastes a lot of energy. Whether the electricity is generated from green sources or fossil fuels, a good amount of the energy generated is wasted during transmission. Okay, that makes sense. So their goal, they said, is reduce transmission line losses. Supplement the electric grid. We will build electric vehicles, both new and retrofitted, that can recharge from the grid, supply the grid with power, convert fuel to electricity to recharge the batteries to power the vehicle without the grid, what we call adding a redundant backup charging system. Zero emission. Oh man. Okay. Social impact. Convenience leads to adoption. Electric grid and rare earth use reduction. Global impact. Y'all might want to look into this, man. Politics, tech, and tangibles. Politics, tech, and tangibles, man. Bagland podcast. Okay, Electra Motors. Does he sell cars too? This is a little slick. I ain't gonna lie. This is kind of slick. Five thousand dollar. We're accepting up to twelve thousand free uh, pre-orders. Non-refundable five thousand dollar deposit. Early or uh, it's anticipated early twenty twenty-four. This is join our white list. I'm about to get signed up with my name, man. I'm gonna get signed up. I'm interested in hearing what you know what this brother's doing here. Is he gonna be the next Elon? We gonna have a black owned electric car. It said, okay, when is the next events? Latest events. There's no, uh, okay, wait a minute. Let's see if I can find some more information about this dude. Let's see if I can find out some more information about this guy. Putting the shock value in electric cars. Okay, so he's on another radio station. Let me look at this. Now you have two options to charge. If you happen to be at home, certainly you're welcome to plug our car in. Mm -hmm. But if you need to hop in your car and <clears throat> take an emergency drive down to your kid at college, mm -hmm. and it's 500 miles away, uh, with my generator in that car, uh, you don't have to stop for a charging station. Wow. This brother's really doing it. Hold on. All right. And they said it's a oh. black-owned electric car company called... Avani. Avani. Tell us about your, your, your vision and what you're doing here in this industry. Oh, well, actually, we're trying to transform the industry. I mean, basically, electric cars are great. Mm -hmm. Except for one little thing. No one likes to charge them. Right. So originally, we created a uh, and received a patent for a new type of generator motor. Okay. Tell um, us about that motor. Well, basically, it's a 53% uh, efficient motor as compared to a traditional engine, which is about 22% efficient. Okay. So okay. when you burn more of the fuel, then you produce less of a carbon footprint. Got it. So the first goal is to reduce the carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we use that motor to to convert fuel to electricity to recharge the batteries in the electric cars. I'm going to let y'all research some more about this, brother. This is really amazing to me. I am so excited about that.
It's somewhere around six to 12 uh, tons of CO2 per year. So converting 500 million cars that are on the roads to electric drive could have a profound impact on climate change. We take that on the one hand and then recognize that there are only a few hundred people that actually know how to convert a fuel car to an electric drive car and do it correctly. Man, man, our folks are so fucking diligent. I don't want to hear nothing about no, oh, you know, black folks is lazy, man. I don't want to hear all that. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear that big cap. Black folks be coming up with some shit. Black folks be coming up with some shit for real, for real. We be really coming up. We be coming up with some shit, man. What is this here? Let me let me see what this is. We're just going along. Now see, I just happened to come across this. This is some more ungrateful Negroes. Now you heard what the other Haitian brothers were saying earlier. But I happen to come across this video and listen to this nigga. Now, if these niggas get knocked upside the head, if these niggas get knocked upside the head by the race soldiers, they're going to be calling us up. They always find All excuses. Types. Oh, I don't Bro, like my parents came here at 30 years old. That's why I don't When like you think about it, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Oh, Imagine can't. going to another country at 30 years old and restarting your whole life. Yeah. All over. That shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't speak a lick of English. You can't exactly. even speak their language. That's bro. why I ain't gonna lie. Like, I hate when people be like, oh, you're lucky and stuff like that. Oh, I hate when people I hate when people gripe and be like, oh, like, especially like, I feel like Americans, because I mean, we in America. So Americans have lines and lines and lines and lines. Yeah, you heard what he said. Americans. He wanted to say black Americans. He didn't really want to say it, but that's what he meant. Lines and lines and lines of family here, and they complaining. I'd be like, bro, I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Right, bro. I ain't, I ain't we, never met my Y'all sat there and kept and fucking up. Each generation, y'all just keep fucking up. Yeah. And don't figure out, okay, maybe I'm fucking up. Look, what's the right way to do this? Sure. Shit? Exactly. And then want to point the finger at the white man, be like, oh, the white man did yeah. it. Now, no. the other brother, see, that's why we got to check this shit. We got to check our cousins. Yeah, nigga, you was over there in the pissy hallways in Caprini Green. With shit stained with shit stained cybernetic rats running through the hallways. And you came over here to where it was clean. Now see, this is this is where we 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 hey, we're cleaning house. We checking our cousins. We're telling our our cousins, like, hey nigga, hold on. You're going to clean up, you gotta clean up a little bit. Because see, when you make statements like that, you say, Well, I don't want to hear nothing, and uh, y'all been messing up generations. The generations, and it's not like these niggas don't know. You you fled your homeland. Remember, you left Haiti to come over here to say stuff like this. That's problematic. You know why? Because the generations that you kept saying is fucking up, fucking up. You just heard the Haitian brothers just a little bit ago say, "Hey, look, man, it's the Haitian mob, and they done took, uh, they done lost little Haiti, and this, that, and the third, and all them niggas is in jail." Okay, that's on y'all now. 
He said, oh, it's the new African-American. No, 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 no. That's on y'all now. That ain't the black American problem now, right? We got to start checking our cousins. Hold on, bro. I get it. You said, well, I don't blame the white man on this. Don't y'all been fucking up, nigga. We paved the way. We paved the nigga. You're a couple hundred years away from Dessaline. You ain't got that Dessaline energy, nigga. So we ain't gonna use that. <laughs> yeah, you ain't got the you ain't got the energy of Dessaline, nigga. Dessaline will probably slap the shit out you. Yeah, you ain't got that energy. You ain't got that 1804 energy, nigga. Dessaline didn't flee. No, no, no. Dessaline didn't flee. Your, your, your Haitian revolutionaries didn't flee. You want to come over here and talk about what? Well, it's generation is fucks fucks up generation generation over here. If that's by definition, if that's the case, y'all shouldn't have the zoes and all them drug trades that the brother was talking about, and all you know, y'all all up in the jails and oh, you lost little Haiti and all. that wouldn't even exist, right? You would have been coming over here and being model citizens. You would have been a nigga in a suit and tie and a black owned businessman. You would have been having your, you know, your restaurants and this, that, and the third. But no, that's all cap. Oh, fuck that. You Figure out it. what the white man doing and then try to capitalize yeah. off the shit. Back when America was, is based man. off capitalism, nigga. They, 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 Learn they, they, how bro. to capitalize and capitalize. They, nigga. They, okay, but you couldn't capitalize back in Haiti. They, they, think we, they think we lucky, but they don't They don't realize. I mean, I don't know if you had to go through this shit, Gary, but you, know, you was down south. Nigga. I got off the bus. Haitian Friday. Every time get my ass beat, bruv, just for being a zoo. So he's mad because he's getting his ass whooped. A couple of niggas might have touched him up a little bit, roughed him up, so he's salty about that. You hear that a lot. Oh, I'm an African booty scratcher and all that. Man, please. Ain't nobody really do nothing to you that bad, man. He got a bug in his ass over a couple ass whoopings. I could Being Haitian, that's it. I, See, man, I got picked. Oh, I never got my that's ass That's it. Always, get, always getting jumped. I couldn't even sit in the back of the bus. Because <laughs> the back of the bus, that's where said, the motherfuckers were. Y'all said, yeah, said, said we really talking about. I couldn't sit in the back of the bus because that's where the motherfuckers were. He's talking about our folks. Listen, out, okay, maybe I'm fucking up. Look, what's the right way to do this shit? Yeah, exactly. And then want to point the finger at the white man, be like, oh, the white man did yeah. it. No, fuck that. Figure you out what it. the white man doing and then try to capitalize yeah. off the shit. Back when the America is based man. off capitalism, nigga. They, 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 Learn they, they, how to bro. capitalize and capitalize. They, 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 Back they, they, think we, they think we lucky, but they don't, they don't realize. I mean, I don't know if you had to go through this shit, Gary. But, nigga, you, you know, is lucky. You, you, listen, if you was really gangster, nigga, you would still be in Haiti. Your folks wouldn't have 